All right. Well, I wonder if you would be able to welcome our wonderful speaker for today. Uh, we are in for a big treat. We get to hear a wonderful word from Pastor Jennifer. Will you welcome her on with me? Amen. Wow, I feel welcome today. How are you guys doing? You doing good? I didn't, I honestly didn't plan this. See, I wore this blue this morning. See, we got blue light, so I'm matching even the decorations. So just want to say welcome to you guys. It's good to have all of you on. I've been watching for on worship and interacting with you guys online this morning. And didn't we have an amazing time of worship? I'm so proud of our worship team. It's like they're just digging deeper in the Lord. And as we do that, the presence of God just gets so thick. Sometimes in our studio, it's really hard to literally just stand on our feet sometimes. So if you guys can feel the presence of God in your home and worship, I want you guys to put some hearts on there, or put some prayer signs on there this morning. Let us know. Amen. I know that like Susan said this morning that the anointing was tangible in her house. So I want you guys to open your hearts this this morning. Amen. Open up your hearts this morning because I believe that the anointing, it is, it is real. It's from God. It's here this morning. God wants to touch you. He wants to bless you. He wants to change you. He wants you to, to leave this service this morning filled to overflowing. Amen. And then he wants you to come tonight and double dip. Come on, say the word double dip. I'm double dipping tonight. I, I, I just love double dipping in the presence of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> we can have as much as we want. We can have as much as we want. It depends on your hunger. Amen, church. Amen. I just uh, want to pray just a quick prayer for you, and I'm going to get straight into this word. So, Father, I just thank you for this day today. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just lead this service today and that you would take a hold of me and use me for your glory this morning. I pray that your presence would be tangible to every person. I pray that every heart would be open to receive what you have. I pray for eyes to be open to see, ears to be open to hear, and I pray for this word to come and transform our lives today, God. In Jesus' name, God, let all distractions melt off of us today in the name of Jesus and let your angels go forth today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'd like to start off first. I want to read a word inside of our devotional, Revealing Jesus. How many of you guys have received this devotional yet? I know it's brand new, hot off the press. I know we're a little bit late in the dates on here because it was, you know, it was um, until December, but it doesn't matter when you get a book like this every day, you can still read it regardless of the date on it because it's fresh bread every day. And I believe that God has something for you. So I got here to the studio and I went into my office and I just said, God, I want you to speak to me this morning and just confirm the word that you have today for your people. And I open it up. I have no clue who actually wrote this word. So I'm just going to read it this morning. So whoever you are that wrote this word, thank you, by the way, to all of you that have participated and spent time praying and diving deep in the presence of the Lord to write these devotionals because they are a blessing. So I want to encourage you guys to get one. Pastor Jocelyn and I decided we want to just give one of these books. Normally we sell them. We want to give one of these books to each one of the families. So I know some of you have already received a book. If you want to buy one to bless somebody else, they're 10 bucks a piece and you can buy those even tonight at our revival service, but they're a huge blessing. So let's just go there. So this is the one for October 16th and it says love like God. And it says it's in the book of John, John 13, 
34 through 35, and it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And then it says this, Jesus, knowing that his time was coming to a close, gives the disciples a final command, which is to love one another. Amen. Jesus knew the ensuing turmoil that would result from his capture and crucifixion. And he wanted to convey to his disciples the glue that would hold them together, no matter how much the enemy would try to tear them apart. Not only did he tell them to love one another, he gave them an example by saying, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. These men were able to draw from their experiences of Jesus, love for them through their ups and downs, successes and failures, and understand that this is how I am to love my brother. Lastly, Jesus tells his disciples that by loving one another, all people will know that you are my disciples not by our giving, not by our working of miracles, not by our works, but by loving one another will people take notice that we have been with Jesus. When we love God, we can never go wrong. Love like God and love people like God. Amen. I love that. Love one another. The people will know us by our love. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning, the, the name of my word, it's all about love. We're in the series of love is right now. Of course, there's so many ways I'm even drinking out of the love cup this morning. It says, let all that you do be done in love, right? So everything's about love, you know, the love of God, loving people, but God put something um, specific in my heart today. I want to just read out of the first verse in Mark chapter 12, and we're going to read from 30 to 31, if I can get those verses up. And I can barely read that. Oh, Lordy, help me, Lord. Okay. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than these. If somebody can grab me my glasses on top of my purse, I would really appreciate it. Oh, my goodness. So, the, so loving God, okay, we need to love the Lord our God. We need to love people also, amen, love your neighbor. And it sounds so easy because we always say, oh, God, I love you. But then you have a problem with somebody else and you're like, ah, but that person, I don't think so, God. That's going to be kind of hard. Let's read the next verse in 1 John chapter 4. We're going to read verse 19 through 21. And it says this, we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, and he's not talking about just, just biological brothers and sisters. He's talking about us as Christians loving each other. If you are saved and you are a guy, you are my brother in Christ. Amen. If you're saved and you're a woman, you're my sister in Christ. So we have to love one another. So whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Okay, and he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Amen, you guys. So it's, it, it's a lot. Like when we talk about the love of God, we're not talking about just loving God. That's the first command is we need to love God. But we need to learn how to love people. Amen. It's all about loving people. When Jesus came to this earth, what did he do? He was God in the flesh. Amen. 
He, he had so much love and so much compassion and so much mercy. And he walked and he displayed all of these things. Love wasn't just a word, right? Because the word of God says, we all know the Bible verse in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, right? That he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. So God, so he loved the world and then it compelled him to give. So when you love somebody, you give something, right? So God gave his best. He gave his best, his best, which was his only son. And his son, Jesus, is filled with so much love. And, and Jesus came and he said, when you see me, you see the father. Like you can see the father in Jesus, right? And it was that love. And Jesus came at that time to break down all the barriers, to break down all the misconceptions, to break down the religious structure, because all the religious people in those days, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they thought that they had God. They thought that they had the love of God, but all they had were some commands. All they had was the old, they had the commands of love God and love. I mean, they didn't even know how to love. Their hearts were as, as hard as stone. They needed hearts of flesh. They needed to be able to repent and clean the inside of their cup was, which was their heart, right? So Jesus, he came to display to them and to show them. It's like, how many of you, if you tell your child, you just have a child and you tell your child to walk, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to look at you and say, well, how do I walk? And you're going to, you're going to just expect them. Well, I want you to talk. And they're going to say, well, how, how do I talk? Like, how do I say that? You have to teach them how to do different things. So Jesus came here to teach us. He came here to be the example for us and to teach us not just to walk on our feet, but how to love people in difficult situations, how to forgive people. How do you love your enemies? Enemies, right? We're to bless our enemies. We're to pray for them. We're to love them. We're to forgive people when they sin against us, right? So Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is that ultimate example for us of love, right? So the Lord's really just placed on my heart today that he wants to start a love revolution. And actually he already started a love revolution, right? When he came to the earth, he started a revolution of love. But a lot of that love has grown cold throughout the process, it's grown cold through, through the, the circumstances that have happened in the world. And even just now today, if we look at the world and even what's happened just in the last couple of years, I'm, we're all just kind of beside ourselves, right? It's kind of hard to love when you look out there and you see systems being broken and you see um, people being uh, uh, values and morals being totally twisted and turned and you see all the evil just prevailing in this time right now. It's kind of hard to love people. It's kind of hard to come into agreement of that place of loving people. And, and, and just because if you love somebody it doesn't mean that you agree with what they're doing. Loving somebody doesn't, doesn't mean that you agree with their sin. On the contrary, loving somebody means that you can overlook the sin and you can see the gold inside their hearts. Loving somebody means that you're not going to get hung up. You're not going to get stuck on that sin, on that thing that they're doing in their life to keep you away from them, right? That love actually compels you to come near that person to be able to help them and tell them about Jesus. Amen. So it's funny. I was looking up last night how to start a revolution. <laughs> which is funny. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm probably going to get tagged from big brother now. Right. Cause I'm looking on there, how to start a revolution. How do you start a revolution of love? Right. And it's funny. It says how to start a revolution to create a revolution. You need to unite people around a shared purpose, right? A shared purpose. Do we have the shared purpose of love? 
Do we have the shared purpose that we want to see God coming on this earth? We know that he already came on this earth, but that he can continue to move and to flow through our lives to bring this love and that this love would grow and expand and just catch on fire and break down walls, break down barriers and save even the hardest of hearts. Amen. It's possible to start a revolution is what the, what the internet told me. It said it's possible to start a revolution, although it can take a lot of patience, organization, and passion. Come on, say the word with me, passion. Passion, okay? And in the Latin, actually, that word revolution means a turnaround, okay? A turnaround. And, and, and also a revolution is a significant change that usually occurs in a short period of time. So it's not something that takes a long time, but it does take a group of people or an organization called the body of Christ to be able to be passionately in love with Jesus, amen, and in love with people, in love with people, compelled to help people, radical lovers of God and radical lovers of people. So a love revolution requires action. You can't just say, oh, I love somebody and there's no action, right? If my husband tells me, I love you, I'm like, okay, well, then he's going to wash the dishes here at one point, right? <laughs> he's going to go buy me some flowers one day. He's going to do something to show that love, right? He's going to buy me a little animal. Okay, I'm still praying about that one. But you're, you know what I mean. If somebody tells you, oh, I love you, and then they turn around and they don't demonstrate that love, it's nothing. It is absolutely nothing. So how do we love radically more than we do now? In such a way that we can demonstrate who God really is. It's good that God's radical love would even change our society through us. I'm not talking about nations. I know that God wants to transform nations. I know he wants to touch nations. But what about Puyallup? What about Tacoma? What about Federal Way? What about Graham? What about Eatonville? right? What about Spanaway? What about these areas here that God wants to transform our society where we live today through us, through you? He wants to transform it through you, where we don't just love people inside Global Church, but that we actually can go outside the walls of the church and the grocery store and wherever and, and um, you know, and to love people where there's a revolution of love that would happen where it's actually like a war of love. Like we need to start some kind of a war, but a love war, amen? That we need to get radical. We need to be intentional about loving people. There's so many people that are lost right now. There is an identity crisis around the world right now, especially in the United States. If you haven't noticed all the different laws and, and acts that they're trying to pass and put in the to Senate, it's disgusting. It's disgusting, right? How do you love people that are doing things that are disgusting? How do you love people and extend that mercy and that grace to people that are not that that, that don't agree with what you agree with? that don't come into alignment with the word of God. How do you love them? Amen. How do you love that person? The Bible says in Romans 5, chapter 5, and let's read this, 5 through 8. Amen. And it says, chapter 5, but God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. 
Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. So, and even before that, it says, it, there's a few verses before that that say, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us, right? So if the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon us, how many of you have the Holy Spirit in your heart? If the Holy Spirit's been poured out upon you, guess what? You can have the love of God inside of you. The Holy Spirit, he is a, he's, he's, he's all about love. He's all about love. Amen. There's nothing of, of fear. There's no fear inside of him. Perfect love casts out all fear. So when the Holy Spirit comes up, I know there's some people that look scary out there. There's some people that look scary and that you're afraid to approach, right? And now we got to wear masks everywhere. And a lot of times you can't even tell if somebody's smiling, right? Wearing a mask. It's like you can even draw like a smiley face on your mask. You can talk to people when you're in the store, right? I don't see any social distancing happening in Walmart or, or, or Target or Fred Meyer. There's no social distancing there. They're all just wearing masks. It's like we're in this oppressed culture right now. But don't allow that to rob your joy. Don't allow that to, to bring you out of witnessing and ministering to people while you're out there. Because if you have the love of God inside of you, it compels you to actually go out. And when you're out, to be able to talk to people, to be able to witness to them that whatever it is, the, the opportunities that God sends your way, right? That for you to be able to extend the love of God. Somebody around you right now is needing to feel that acceptance. Did you know that God's love is accepting? God's love is accepting. It doesn't judge, right? It doesn't judge people for where they're at, but it's accepting. So that love, it's like we sang that song, reckless love. God's love, it chases us down. It knocks down walls like it, it's, it, we say the reckless love of God, right? That's not a biblical term. He's not talking about reckless, like, oh, I'm driving a car like recklessly to get in a wreck. It's like, no, meaning that he'll do anything that he can to come after you, to come after me, okay? He'll do anything that he can and he'll use anybody that he can to touch the least likely of these, amen? If a, somebody is alive and they have breath in their lungs, and if you're listening to this or watching this today, it's because God has a purpose in your life. And maybe nobody has valued you. Maybe nobody has um, has given you the time of day. Maybe, maybe you don't dress right. Maybe you smell funny. I don't know what it is, but God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. He's got a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. You're a son. You're a daughter of the most high God. Amen. That is who you are. Your identity is based in Christ, right? If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then, then your prayer should be, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Amen? But many people in the church today, I don't see Christ living in them. I see the devil living in them. I see world, the world living in them. I see sin living in them. But if you're a child of God, then you won't continue to sin. That's what the Bible says, that you won't continue. If you're a true son or daughter of God, then you will not continue to sin because sin doesn't dwell in you, but Christ himself is dwelling in you. Amen? 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 So if that's you and you're like, okay, I, I need to get some sin out of my life. I need to get things that I have in common with the enemy out of my life. Then reject it. Reject the old ways that the old would come and the new would come. The old would go and the new would come. That you're a new, crea you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. 
Amen. You're a love warrior. You have been filled with the love of God. Amen. You've been stamped with the approval of God with the blood of Jesus. Amen. Don't crucify him over and over and over and over by the works of your flesh. Don't crucify him every time you're sinning, every time you're on the internet and you're watching pornography and you're watching those movies that, that you shouldn't be doing and those words, those horrible words are coming out of your mouth. It's like you're putting Jesus back up on the cross again and telling him what you did for me wasn't worth it. What you did for me wasn't sufficient. You didn't receive really that love of God because when you truly have an encounter with the love of God, do you know what happens? It changes you. It changes you forever, forever. I was radical in the world, and I know some of you are probably tired of hearing my testimony, but you know what? I've been able to tell my testimony all over the world because it's mine, and it's what God's done in me, through me, and to me because of his love. I was in the world. I was, in the, I was the worst of the sinners, and nobody could come after me, and God visited me where I was. I was that, that, that one sheep that got away. You know, we talk about it in that song, Reckless Love of God, and how Jesus says, you know, hey, if one of your sheep is missing... Don't you leave the 99 and go after the one? But many people today don't go after the one. Many people today, they don't. They're not compelled by that love to go after the one. But God saw me and he came after me and he threw me literally over his shoulders and he carried me into the kingdom. He brought me in. There wasn't any, any person on the street evangelizing me. There wasn't anybody around me evangelizing me. It was Jesus that came and he showed his love to me. And his love didn't condemn me. His love didn't tell me what I was doing wrong. But his love also compelled me to get my life cleaned up. The love of God won't leave you the way that you are, but the love of God will launch you into a life of holiness and purity. And, 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 and the fire of, of his love will come over you and it will burn out all the junk that's not of him. Amen? In 1 Corinthians chapter 13... Verse 1 through 13, let's read this, okay? And I know you guys know this, but let's read this. Let's absorb this word today. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing, if I give all my possessions to the, all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is what? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor people. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. For those of you that get angry and just blow up. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not, not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Amen. It always protects. It's like we we're talking about, we're singing that song, Shelter, in the shelter of your wing. Like, I'm safe. There's safety and protection in his love. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I'll protect him, is what his word says. Always trusts. It always hopes. Always preserves. Love does not delight. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. 
For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am known. And now these three remain. Come on. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You can be the most gifted person in the world. You could sing before millions of people in stadiums. You could preach the best word. You could do, you could be the best mom, the best dad. You could do all these different things. But if you're, if you don't have love in your heart, the love of God, and what is love? Loving God and loving people. It's not just loving your own family and rejecting those that are around you. Because I know people, they love their family really great, but they don't lift their finger at all to even help somebody that's around them where they don't extend and show that love of God. Amen. It's unconditional. Love is unconditional. It doesn't see the faults in people, right? It sees the potential. It sees people's destinies and the love that will actually sacrifice for others. Love isn't something that's unconventional. It's, it's not convenient to love somebody. Sometimes it's not convenient because you're going to have to do something that you don't want to do to be able to help that person. Right. And you can't, not believe in that person. You need to believe in that person that God can change them. Amen. If you want to be a part of a love revolution, you need to love radically. You need to love intentionally and you need to love regardless of if you feel it or if you don't. Amen. Sometimes I don't feel like loving people. Sometimes I don't feel like helping people because my whole life, that's what I've given my life to do is to help people, is to love people. And sometimes it's not convenient. Sometimes it comes in the middle of the night when I need to get up and I need to help somebody. Sometimes it comes when I'm exhausted and tired and I just want to go home from the food bank and then somebody else needs food or somebody needs something. I got to get in my car and drive miles and miles and miles to go help somebody else. Amen. It doesn't mean that I'm, I'm doing works. You can work yourself to death, right? Religion is a lot of works, right? You know, a lot of people, they think they can just work themselves into heaven, but religion is not love. You can serve your way. You can't, you can't serve your way into heaven. Okay. There's not any good works that you can do to get yourself into heaven, right? But you can love your way into heaven. You can't serve your way into heaven, but you can love your way into heaven. Amen. Because if you're being that example of the love of God, and that love of God is in you and the love of God, the love of God isn't for you to just contain. It's to come in you and to pour out of you. It's to come in and to pour out. Amen. It's like I had this dream one time and the Lord showed me. He, he literally, I, I, I was in front of this room and it was, I could see the floor. The floor was these black and white checkers on there. And there was just this bright, bright light. The light was so bright. The power of God was so strong. I couldn't get up in this dream. All I could do is I knew that I was, uh, in like his room where the Lord was inside that room. And then all of a sudden he just picked me up in his hand. He literally like picked me up and um, his shadow literally came around and hugged me. I don't know if that means anything to you. It's like his shadow where Psalm 91, that literally means something to me <laughs> because his shadow came and literally like protected me and came and hugged me in that. But his hand came and picked me up took me out of my dream and I was flying in the spirit. And for some of you that might seem a little out there, but this is what happened. He took me across the nations up in the sky and I started to see all these different nations. And then we came close uh, to America. He brought me back to America in his hand and brought me down close to neighborhoods, 
neighborhoods. I was flying by neighborhoods. I was flying so close to people's windows in their house. I could see them vacuuming. I could see them washing their car. I could see them walking their dog. I could see them watching TV. I could see them doing all these different things, cutting the grass. And as this is going on, the Lord is speaking to me. And he said to me, he said, Jennifer, what kind of person do you think that you would be if you went to a funeral every day? And I said, I just kind of, you know, I mean, when God's asking you something, you got to be really careful what you, what, how the way you answer. And I just said, I don't know, Lord. I don't know. I mean, could you imagine if you went, like, if you went to a funeral, like, every day, every single day? And God's like, what kind of person would you be if you went to a funeral every day? And I just thought, like, oh, my gosh, I, I know what it was like to go to my mom's funeral. And I know what it was like to go to, you know, different aunts or uncles' funeral's and other people's funerals that had died in the church. Like, it's not a fun thing, right? It's really morbid and just uh, oppressive. And you just feel so much sadness and sorrow. And then there was this, like, pause. And then God said to me, he said, I go to a funeral every day. I go to a funeral every single day. He said, one of my kids dies every single day. He calls everybody he called everybody his kids because he created you. He created all of us. He said, one of my kids, they go to hell every day. Every day they go to hell. And I'm there at their funeral and I am mourning them, he said. I'm mourning them at their funeral because they will never, ever, ever be able to receive the love of God. They had an opportunity to receive the love of God and to surrender their lives to him, but they never did. And the Lord said to me, that these people that were in the houses, like they had no idea the, the turmoil and the destruction that was waiting for them. They were just on their lives busy. Oh, I'm working, I'm vacuuming the house, I'm cutting the grass, I'm doing this, but they don't have Jesus in their heart. And if they don't have Jesus in their heart, then everything that they're doing in their life, there's one day going to come an end to that, right? And, and if we don't have the love of God, we're going to be separated from him forever, but nobody was going to evangelize these people. Nobody was going to tell these people about Jesus because how can they know unless somebody tells them, right? We have to tell people about Jesus. We have good news, amen? Even though the news has bad news and they have horrible news and they have fake news, we have good news. We have the real deal. But nobody was telling them about that. And then after that, I was launched into another part of this uh, dream and I was on the floor on my face. I had my hands held up kind of like a cup. And I said, God, fill me with your love. Fill me with your love that I can go and tell these people, give me your love, God. Amen. It's like his love will com compel us and it will propel us into those people's lives. Amen. It's like we can't stay the same. We can't be the same. And how many of you know Angel One Foundation, our food bank, right? Our food bank is... It was birthed through Angel One Foundation. Angel One Foundation is an organization. It's not an organization with Global Church. It's a separate nonprofit 501c3 organization. My father started that back in actually years ago. He had this experience with God, and but we've been legal since 2004. So, anyways, how does the how did this vision start, right? Well, it started first because my dad was my parents were underneath a religious spirit for years. They went to church. I think they were even in like an Assemblies of God church, but they were underneath a religious spirit for years. And maybe some of you can relate to this story that I'm going to tell you. But, you know, I remember even, even growing up, it's like the word, my dad had the word, but it was twisted because religion will twist the word and it, it removes the power of God. It has a form of godliness, but denies the power 
It twists the truth of the real word of God and it literally, it'll rob you. It'll rob you from intimacy with God, right? And from loving people because you can't truly love somebody if you're underneath a religious spirit because there's always judgmental, there's always something judgmental going on in your heart against somebody, or you thinking you're more spiritual than somebody else, or there's something, there, there's always that judging thing going on inside your heart, whether if you believe it or not. So in this, in this um, experience, my dad ended up with a brain tumor. And it was in that time, and, and actually at that point, he hadn't even been to church for probably several years. He kind of like fell out, went out of the church, wasn't even serving church, and he used to be an assistant pastor. Years ago, my mom was in worship, right? And they just decided, I'm just not going to go to church anymore. And so he had a brain tumor. And in that time, I, me I remember, like, he was supposed to die. He was supposed to die. They'd given him kind of a death sentence. They gave him a little bit of hope with surgery. But because of the place where the brain tumor was, they didn't give him much hope. So I remember, I rem I'm sure Jeff remembers too, where dad wrote out a letter to all of us saying, you know, hey, I'm sorry for this and sorry for that and sorry for this and sorry for that. And literally it was pretty much like saying his goodbyes and how he was a failure in life to us. And that was pretty dramatic to receive a letter like that from one of your parents, you know, before going into surgery. And I remember the doctors when they said, when your dad comes out, don't be, don't be alarmed because his head's probably going to be swollen up to here. He's not going to remember a lot of things. Like he's going to have to go through therapy to get his speech back. Like it was all these different things that the doctors had said about my dad. And uh, my dad was always a, a jokester, a real character and jokester, but um, still is. But um, back then I didn't, I wasn't serving Jesus. I was not serving Jesus. I did not have God in my heart. And uh, my parents, you know, it's like, I knew everything I was doing wrong all the time. You know, I was using drugs and smoking and drinking and doing pretty much everything wrong. And so when dad's in surgery, I just remember in the hospital room and, and going into the chapel part of the hospital going, God, you can't take, you cannot take my dad. Like kind of like you can't take him. And anyways, after the surgery came, it's a kind of a long story, but there's a purpose in this. After the surgery came or was done, I went into the room to see my dad and he called me, you know, he looked at me and he said, he said, hi, Jeff, it's good to see you. And I went, oh, and I started crying. Oh my gosh. Cause the doctor said, you know, his memory would be bad. And, and then he started laughing and he goes, no, no, I'm just joking. Like, I'm just joking. They said that I would be, my memory would be off. So I thought it'd be funny to tell you that, that you're Jeff. And I'm like, don't do that. But right away, something was different about my dad. They were able to get the tumor all the way out, okay? They were able to get it all the way out. His head didn't swell up all the way. He literally, like everything, all his vitals were good. Like everything was good. He was doing so good. He still couldn't like see very well because after brain surgery, your, your, your vision gets a little off. But they released him within 24 hours of having major brain surgery to go home. They said, you're a miracle. Like we're going to put you in our books and we're going to study you because this is not normal. Well, in this time... When he gets home, the Lord literally takes my dad up to the throne room of God. Now his body is here on the earth in his bed because his head was all wrapped up with bandages. He couldn't see. But God starts to take him up in, into the throne room of God. Amen. So took him up there for seven days and seven nights, even though his body was here. And the way he explains it, my dad was not a super spiritual person at that time, you guys. He, he had religion inside of him. And he was levitated on top of this table before the, uh, before the Lord. And there were angels all around him and they were ministering to him. 
And God says to him, I'm, I'm healing you by the renewing of your mind. I'm healing you by the renewing of your mind. And he said it was like this. God hooked up a cable to his head and literally started sucking out all the wrong translation that my dad had of the word. And then after all that junk was gone, right? Then God hooked up another cable and he literally started downloading the real translation of the word of God and about unconditional love. And through a series of, encounter, of encounters through these days, the Lord literally took my dad and was talking to him and said, so what do you think about sex offenders? Are they worthy of my love? Are they worthy of my love? And my dad said, absolutely not. They should be condemned. They need to be put in jail. They need to be judged. And the God said to him, my son died for them. Jesus died for them. Through the blood of Jesus, they're worthy to receive my love. They're worthy through the blood of Jesus to come into my kingdom. And it just shook my dad to the core because he had such a religion. There was a religious spirit. And God spoke to him in this time and said that that brain tumor was a religious spirit. And it almost killed him. It was a religious spirit. And a lot of times we think, oh, I've got something physical and I'm not condemning anybody here, right? Because I've gone through my own stuff. But sometimes physical things that we're fighting really are spiritual things that are happening. And for my dad, because that religion was affecting his mind, it was affecting his brain. God said, I have to renew you. I have to renew, heal you by the renewing of your mind, the way that your mind thinks, the way that you're processing things. And God took him again. And, and said, you know, first he's like, what about the child molester? And then he's like, you know, what about somebody that, um, you know, the drug addicts? What about the murderers? And my dad's like, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. They're not worthy of your love. And God said, they are. They're worthy of my love. My son died for them to make a way for them. So each time God was teaching him about the love of Christ, the love of God, that it's unconditional. And then the Lord said, what about that person? Should, I, should you help somebody that pretty much doesn't help themselves? How many of you have heard that, that thing? God only helps those that help themselves, right? That is not a biblical statement, okay? God came to help the weak and those that are lowly and those that are in need and those that are poor. They can't help themselves sometimes. And that's why God reaches down and he helps them, right? He reaches out to help them because they can't help themselves, right? But God's saying, what, what about those people that can't help, them, help themselves? Or, and, and my dad's like, no, they need to like get a job and they need to do this and they need to do that. And God's like, he's like, I sent my son Jesus for them. They're worthy of my love. They're worthy to receive my help. And so God was breaking all this stuff off of him because a lot of times we don't help people because we think, oh, they can do it themselves. They can just go do it themselves. Or we see somebody on the street that's having problems and we don't want to give them money or we don't want to help them, right? Because obviously we need to use wisdom, but we don't want to help them because we think, oh, you just need to go get a job. When really we don't know the whole story in their life and we judge them automatically because of what they're doing, because of what's going on right? We judge people. We can judge people coming in the church that are pregnant and not being married. We judge people for, you know, getting divorced. We judge people for all these different things that happen. We judge them by the way they parent. We judge them by all these different things, right? And we need to stop judging people because it's like God has spoken to us about global church and said that we are warriors in this church, right? We're warriors. We can fight the enemy. We can fight the enemy off of people, amen. But can we love people? Can we love people? Can we be warriors of love? 
Can we love people where they're at? When they walk in the doors at Global Church, when they walk into your workplace, when you're out in the marketplace, can you love somebody that doesn't deserve it? Can you extend that love of God, the, the hand of God to somebody that's in need? Can you just reach out and, and smile at somebody and break down the barriers and, and the walls in their heart? Can you be that extension of, of love, of the love of God? Because the love of God goes after people. The love of God doesn't stop until walls are broken down, until those barriers are removed. It doesn't stop. And the love of God doesn't take no for an answer, amen? It's like, they can tell you no, no, no. But it's like, really, if you have that love in your heart and you're being that extension of the Lord and you're really being a true witness of who God is, people will start running into the kingdom of God. They will start running in the kingdom of God. But if your life doesn't show who Jesus really is, if you don't have time for people, if you don't have time to help those that are in need, if you don't have time to get out of yourself and out of your own needs and get out of selfishness and start really looking at the people around you saying, God, how can you use me? How can you use me? God wants to use you in the simplest of ways, in the simplest of ways. Maybe he literally wants you to go to your neighbor's house and just say, hey neighbor, or to buy your neighbor like a flower pot or something and just drop it off to them, just loving them, connecting with people. You need to reach out and connect with people, amen? Stop seeing the junk inside of everyone. It's easy to see junk, but can you really see the treasure? Can you see that treasure? Because God saw that treasure in you, and now since he's extended that love to you, we need to extend it to other people, amen? Because that love will compel us. And, and you know what's interesting is that love of most people has literally grown, grown cold. I know a lot of Christians, they were on fire when they gave their life to God. They were on fire. And guess what? The fire went out. The fire went out. And now there's just smoke coming up from where the fire used to be. But you've got to kindle the fire. You've got to feed that fire, right? That passion and that flame that's inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit, right? He lives inside of you. And our God is a consuming fire. He has jealous love. He loves intensely. He loves without conditions, amen? But he lives in you and he wants to move and flow through you. It's like when God gave me the dream for the, for the, uh, for the dream team years ago. And we're getting ready to do that now. And I would love to say you guys could get online and, and um, you know, and sign up for that. But we're full. We are like over full in our class. We even had to turn people away. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. It's just confirmation of what God's doing in this season. But the Lord told me a long time ago that they will be warriors of love, that people will know us by our love. They will know you by the way that you love people. Amen. Amen. It's hard to love people sometimes. It's hard. I know. I've, I've had to learn how to love my enemies. I've told you guys many stories throughout the years of loving your enemies. Like, how do you love people when it's hard? How do you forgive them? Can you imagine an, an atmosphere of love inside Global Church? I know many of you, when you describe the church, you describe it as a place of love. You describe Global Church as, I feel love. You feel acceptance. Amen. But I know there's still some offenses among you, right? Love covers over a multitude of sins. Amen. He who overlooks an offense promotes what? Love. Love. We need to promote love. Can you imagine a church that's free of offenses? I think that's heaven on earth, especially when there's women there. Amen. I don't think guys get offended with one another. 
I don't think they get, I don't think they just, I think they just let it roll off their back. But us ladies, we need to let offenses go. We read too much into things and we need to get out of ourselves. If you're, if you get offended easily, get out of yourself, get out of the flesh and get into the spirit of God and allow the hope of glory. Jesus, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, that one that lives in you and flows and moves through you, allow him to come in you. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Amen. That you can be patient and loving and kind and gentle and you can display that love. And when people see you and, and people are people, we get offended. People say things. People will continue to do things, but when they do, you just got to be, you know, that expression, let it roll off of a duck's back. You just got to let it roll off of you. And sometimes it sticks, right? Sometimes you got to pull it off of you. Sometimes you got to get in the presence of the Lord and get it out of you. Get it out of your heart. Get it out of your soul. Pour it out before the Lord. Forgive. Forgive that person. Release them. Amen. Because it's not worth it. It's worth it to love that person, regardless of how they treat you. And that's how you know that the love of God is inside you. When somebody doesn't treat you right, when somebody treats you wrong and you've been and you could actually justify it, but you choose not to justify yourself. You choose to lay it down. You choose to give it over to God for him to be able to judge. And you choose to put on the mantle of love, right? and you choose to love people radically, that is when a love revolution is going to start in our hearts. It starts with us. It starts one person at a time. We can change our society and we can change our world by displaying the one that came here to die for us. His name is Jesus. Amen. There is no love without Jesus. You can't, when people say, oh, I love you, I love you, and they don't have God, I doubt that love because there is only a pure love that comes from God. And until you encounter that pure love, you can't give that pure love. You can say it all you want. Oh, I love, I love. That's only a measure of love. But when you experience that unconditional love of God and you start to see people through the eyes of love, it will change you. It will change you. Amen. I want to pray you guys. I want Sam, can I get you up here to, to play? And if you could just play in the background, just the reckless love of God, just playing that. I feel like God wants to deal with religion inside of us. Religion is the opposite of love. Amen. It's the opposite of love. And I know a lot of people ask, oh, what religion are you? What religion are you? What religion are you? It's because they're used to that word religion. But <laughs> you can't work your way into heaven. You can't serve your way into heaven. You can work on the welcome team as many times as you want, but if you don't have the love of God in you, it means nothing. You can get up there and sing all the songs on the worship team, but if you don't love people when you leave, if you don't go home and treat your spouse good, if you don't treat your family good, if you're constantly arguing and angry all the time, I doubt that love that's inside of you. God gives us an opportunity to love those that are around us first. And then we love those on the outside. Amen. Then that love needs to grow and expand. And I know many of you have been being challenged in these days of learning to love, even loving yourself. The Bible says that we need to love people as we love ourselves. And many of you don't love yourself. Many of you think that you're so low on the totem pole, right? You, you criticize yourself so much. And you can't even see yourself the way that God sees you. And you can't love yourself. And that's why you have a hard time loving other people. It's not because you're judging other people. It's because you're judging yourself. 
You've judged yourself. Stop doing that. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop comparing yourself. God doesn't want you to be like somebody else. God wants you to be you. He created the best version of you to be you. Don't, don't compare yourself to other people. Be the best version of you. You display the glory of God when you truly accept yourself. When you accept the one who created you and allow his love to come inside of you and to heal you and deliver you and to set you free and to break down those chains and barriers in your life, then you're, you're allowing the one of perfect love, Jesus, to be glorified, that his glory is being displayed through your life, amen? By the way that you live, by the way that you love. There's nobody that's perfect, amen? There's nobody that's perfect. I know I'm not perfect. I tell the Lord all the time all my faults and failures. But his love covers over a multitude of sins, amen? His love covers. It covers. He doesn't want to expose your weaknesses. He wants to hide your weaknesses with his love. And he wants to expose your strengths, the beauty that he put inside of you. He wants to expose the great things he put inside of you because those are the things that people are going to be drawn to. Amen? That people would be drawn to you like a magnet. You know, it's like honey. Honey is something that's sticky and gooey, right? Can you imagine the love of God being like thick, thick honey? Like ooey, gooey, sticky, smelling sweet. Amen? That when people get around you, Shoo, they just get stuck in the love of God. They get stuck in it. Amen. I mean, just get stuck. I just want to pray. It's like that honey glory of God. <laughs> his liquid love to come in you. We need a fresh infusion church of his love. Amen. Do you want, do you want to be someone that starts a love revolution? Do you want to be a part of this revolution called love? Do you want to be a love warrior? Just extend your hands out wherever you are right now and let's pray and let's ask the Lord to fill us with this love. <laughs> oh God, we love you, Lord. Oh God, we want to love people like you do, Lord. We want to love people like you do. And I pray right now, Lord, every person that has their, their arms, their hands extended to you, Lord, I pray that you would fill them with your love. <laughs> that you would fill us, God. Fill us with your love today, God. Like honey, God, coming over us, God. Like sticky, ooey, gooey love, God, that when people get around us, that they get stuck in it, God. Show that they get stuck in it, that they get covered in your love, God. I pray, oh Lord, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me, God. I pray, Lord, that you would break religion off of our lives in the name of Jesus, God. I pray that you would give us eyes of love. Oh, a heart filled to overflowing with unconditional love, oh God. Lord, that we would be compelled, that this love would compel us to love others, God. That this love would change us and that this love through us would help to change others, God. By loving them, God, the captives will be set free. By loving them, addictions will break. By loving them, healing and deliverance will happen. Transformation will happen. By loving people, God, our society will change. Ho! Oh, just tell him, say, God, fill me with your love. Fill us with your love, oh God. Oh.
Lord. Fill us, Lord. I pray, God, that you would reprogram our mind, God. Reprogram our mind, our thoughts, our imagination, the way we think, the way we feel about people, God. I pray, oh God, that you would open our eyes to see people through your eyes, God, and to love them with a radical love, a dying love, God, that we would do whatever it takes, God, to love people, to love people. Holy Spirit, that you would be unleashed through our lives. We unleash you today, Holy Spirit. We unleash you to love radically through our lives. Just tell him. Say, I unleash you, Holy Spirit, to, to love radically through my life. Oh, God, I pray, Lord, that you would rise up warriors of love in global church. Warriors of love, oh, God. That we would love our neighbors, God, as ourselves. That we would love ourselves, God, for those that are struggling to love themselves, God. Oh, for those that are in self-condemnation, I break that off of them today in the name of Jesus. Every attack of the enemy against your people is bound and broken in the name of Jesus. I pray for the love of God to come, the love, the pure love of God to come and fill in every crack and every hole, God, in our lives, God. Lord, the hole that we've been trying to fill with other things and with idols, God, I pray that your love would come, that your love would come and fill us, God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. oh we praise you, God. We praise you, God. We praise you, Lord. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you for your love. Your love washes over me. Your love, it makes me. Your love washes over me. Your love, it makes me clean. You're clean by the blood of Jesus. You are clean. You're clean. You are clean. His blood washes me. You are clean. His blood washes me. You are clean. You are clean. His blood washes me. You are clean. You are clean. His blood washes me. All judgment, all condemnation has to go in the name of Jesus all judgment and condemnation must go in the name of Jesus fill us up fill us up oh Lord with your love fill us up fill us up oh oh oh
never experienced the love of God, I want to give you an invitation right now. I want to give you an invitation right now. Maybe you've had a bad experience with church. Maybe you've had a bad experience with people that said they were of God and they left a bad taste in your mouth. I want to stand in the gap for those people today. And as a pastor, as a leader of a church, I want you to imagine who that person was that hurt you in the church. If you have church hurts this morning where you were judged, you felt like you were pushed off to the side, that you didn't have a good representative of the love of God, and you were hurt, you were used, abused, or whatever happened to you, I, I, wanna, I just want you to, to, to think of who that person is right now, and I want you to look me straight in the eyes right now. And I want to stand in the gap for that person, for that leader, for that church leader right now. And I know that I can't replace them, but I want to ask you, I want to ask you by the Spirit of God, will you forgive me in their place? Will you forgive me in their place? Will you forgive me in their place? Did you know that Jesus, when he was on the cross, he was like, Lord, forgive them. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus took your place for sin. Jesus took your place. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you. He took all the sin of the world upon him and he died on a cross. He died a horrible death. His love compelled him to bear the cross. The people, the religious people crucified Jesus too. And maybe you felt like that you were crucified from the church just like Jesus was. Maybe you've been crucified. Maybe your dreams were destroyed. Maybe you were called to ministry and that never happened because those people, they crucified you by religion and judgment and condemnation and whatever it is. But I just want to be here. Not that I can ever take Jesus' place, but I feel his love inside of me this morning saying, will you forgive me this morning? Will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? I just hear him say, will you forgive me for all the hurts that were done to you from the church? Oh, Jesus. The last time I was in Brazil, I ministered to somebody. And this person got so hurt from the church. They got so hurt from the church. So wounded, wounded. It was a pastor, wounded, wounded. And the Lord looked at them and said through me, will you forgive me? And I said, it's not me that's saying it. Jesus is saying, will you forgive him? Because Jesus said, because the church is his. The church belongs to him. It's his church. Global church isn't mine. Global church isn't Pastor Joseli's. If we went to heaven today, Global Church would continue because it's His. He takes responsibility for the church. And He's saying to you today, will you forgive Him for the church, for the hurts that the church has done to you? We forgive Him. Will you forgive who those people were and release them today and allow God to heal you and allow God to heal you? We are not perfect at Global Church, right? We're not perfect. We're a bunch of imperfect people that have encountered the love of God. We're working out our salvation daily. We're working it out daily. And we're trying the best we can to display the love of God. And sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we mess up, right? 
we mess up. Sometimes I can't get to everybody in the church. I can't, I'm one person. I can't get to everybody in the church. Some people want me to call them and visit them and do all these things. I can't, I'm so stretched. I'm stretched so far right now in the things that I'm doing for the Lord. I'm stretched so far. I don't, I can't be there every second, every place, every moment, everything. I don't have it. I'm only one person. My husband's only one person. But Jesus is there. He's there all the time. He's there all the time. He said he would never leave you, that he would never forsake you. We are only human. We're, we're people. We're people. We're people. Don't put your trust in people. Put your trust in the Lord. Allow him to lift you up. Come to him. He will never leave you, forsake you. He's there with you. He's there with you right now. If you're even in a battle all by yourself and maybe nobody around you even knows that you're in this battle, he is with you and he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And his love is pure. It's never ending. It's unconditional. Allow him to come in. Release the fences. Release the hurts. In the name of Jesus, it is not worth it. It is not worth it. Release in the name of Jesus. Say with me, Lord, I receive your love today. I pray that your love would heal me. I pray that your love would heal my soul. I pray that your love would break down every wall inside of my heart. I pray that your love would soften my heart, oh God that you would give me even a new heart, a heart of flesh so I can feel your love and so I can be sensitive to the people that are around me, the needs that are around me, God. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We don't want to just go through the motions. I don't want to go through the motions as a pastor in this church, God. I don't want to go through the motions, God, as a pastor in this church. I pray, God, that you would anoint us, God, and put a mantle of love over this church, oh God, and over the people in Global Church, God, that we would be radical lovers, Lord, that we would see people through your eyes, oh God, that we would love God with radical love, and that your love would compel us to help people and to deliver them and set them free for your glory, God, that we wouldn't be afraid. Perfect love casts out fear. That we wouldn't be afraid of the enemy. That we wouldn't be afraid of the people, God. But that we would be compelled to love. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, say with me right now. Say, Jesus, I ask for you to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins and wash me in your blood and fill me with this love today and help me to live a life for you. In Jesus' name, if you said that prayer right now, I want you to know that all the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now over you. You're the one lost sheep today that Jesus has brought back. He's putting you over his shoulder and he's carrying you home. You have an eternal home today. Your home is in heaven, amen? Don't build up your treasures here on this earth, church. It's not a sin to have things. It's not a sin to have a blessed life, but don't put your hope in those things. Build, put your, build your home in heaven, right? Put your treasures in heaven. Amen? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen? I just want to say thank you for all of you that are watching today. I pray that you've been impacted and touched 
by the love of God, I just feel him so strong here today. I feel his love in this place. Just some of you feel like God doesn't care anymore about you. I just feel somebody where your hands are just thrown up right now. You just feel like God doesn't care, that he doesn't care about your situation. He cares. He cares more than you think. He cares more than you think he cares. But if you will surrender to him, and I feel this strongly in my heart to say, that if you will surrender to God, and if you will get your hands off of this situation, and if you will surrender everything to him, surrender to him, that means hands up, right? Stop doing it your way and allow Jesus to come in and allow him to rearrange everything in your life. Allow him to rearrange your life. You're going to see that he's been there all along. He's just been waiting for you to surrender that situation to him. Amen. There's hope for the hopeless. Amen. Amen, church. Go and love. Your command today is to go and love people. Go and love people. Come tonight at the revival night at 6 p.m. and come and love people. Amen, church. We love you guys. We can't wait to see you tonight. And I pray that you've been blessed today. All right, we love you. We'll see you soon. Bless you.